Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Greetings and welcome to episode 53. We've got a fun guest. It's a guest who I've known longer than any other guests just over half of my lifetime. Her name is Kate Bates. You're going to learn, one, why you should always be the go-to person, two, the value of a good connection, and three, how to be your own champion. So if you want to check out the show notes, the transcripts, the links to things mentioned, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep53. And here's a bit about Kate and why I thought she was a big deal and a great choice for everyone interested in that topic. So the scoop is Kate Bates is the president and CEO of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce, as well as a longtime friend and a Danville High School Monopoly champion. It wasn't me. I could go into detail, but I won't. The mission of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce is to strengthen businesses and the economic environment for those who work, live, and do business in Arlington. The vision of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce is to be the essential partner for business success. Here's Kate. Kate, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Pete. It's my pleasure. Well, it's so funny. I think you have the distinction, Kate, of being the person I've known the longest of of any podcast guest to date, Uh, Danville High School band of Vikings. My gosh, we're getting older. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I am, I'm incredibly honored because I know you know some amazing people that have been along through your journey with you. Oh, thank you. So I'd love to hear, and I think many people want to hear, and that's kind of why I, I reached out to you is because we had a, a listener sign up for the email list. And I say, hey, what do you like to learn? I ask every person who signs up for the email list. And she said, I'd like to learn how to get a lot of responsibility and quickly and have my career grow and accelerate fast. And so you've pulled that off pretty darn well. Could you share a little bit of what is your story from uh, where you you started your career to where you are now and and how did that happen so fast? Sure. Well, as you know, Pete, currently I am president and CEO of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce in Arlington, Virginia. And it was quite a journey for me to get here. So originally, like yourself, being from the same small town in Illinois, I took the step to come out to the East Coast for college. I attended the George Washington University. For me, I was looking at colleges and universities with a semester in Washington, and then I realized why not just go full in, dive right in the pool, and do the whole four-year experience. So through my time at GW, in addition to the great education I got in the classroom, what was even more valuable to me was the outside the classroom learning. So I started very early in terms of internships, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I first interned on Capitol Hill. I thought I wanted to go the political route. And while that was a great experience, I found out it really wasn't where I wanted to be long-term and it wasn't where I felt like I could make the biggest impact. So from there, I went to work for a nonprofit organization called Women in Government. They were a bipartisan group of women state legislators. They worked primarily on healthcare and education issues. At that time, somewhat true today as well, women were primarily serving on those committees at the state level. So it made sense for our focus to be there. 
So that was a really great experience. I started there as an intern, interned all the way through college, actually was working full-time before I graduated college there, and then continued on there for a little bit after that. So that was a really great experience. And again, for your listeners, I'd encourage people to take advantage of those internships and be there, be that go-to person who's always willing to take on more, and you'll be surprised at what opportunities open up to you as a result. Oh, that's good. So my time at Women in Government was truly terrific, learned a lot really loved working with the legislators. It was great working on a national level. Um, But as the organization was going through some changes, trying to re-identify itself, seemed like a good opportunity for me to explore some other areas myself. So cast a pretty wide net in terms of where I was applying, really ended up between two positions, one at the Chamber of Commerce where I work now, another one was doing lobbying work, again, more on a national level. But really what attracted me to the role at the Chamber was the empowerment that came along with it. Being part of a smaller staff and knowing the amount of responsibility that I'd be able to take on right away. So that first position was called member services manager. So what I was doing then was event planning and fundraising as well. Over the years, that role really grew for me. The titles changed a number of times. You know, that's another lesson for people that just because there's not director in your department doesn't mean that if you don't earn that position that your boss or supervisor might not create that position for you or mm-hmm. mold your role into that. So really did that over the years. And by the time my predecessor announced his retirement, I was currently vice president of the organization, which had never had a vice president before that. Cool. So my predecessor was incredible. You know, I started here at 2007 and he announced his retirement at the beginning of 2014. Um, he had been with the organization over 23 years. So really incredible legacy. So, you know, being a president of a chamber of commerce is a very desirable job. So the minute he announced his retirement, we were really inundated with applications, people who are interested in the position from our board of directors, from the community, heads of other chambers, you know, you name it. So our board of directors who was doing the hiring um, did the right thing and hired an executive search firm. And while that might seem silly, since I just told you about the number of applications, it Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily for searching, but more for that consulting and professional objective third party in the role and in the process. So they did a really fabulous job of working with our board of directors to establish what we were looking for, what the direction was that the organization wanted to go, and what sort of characteristics and attributes attributes that they should be looking for in candidates. So because of the number of interests and things like that, and again, internal concerns like board members applying, I really had to do some soul searching to figure out if I would apply. You know, when I started at the organization, I never dreamed I would be running it. It wasn't something I even aspired to at the very beginning. But over the years, as I began to take on more and more responsibilities, I realized that I had not only the background to be able to do it, but also had the vision for what the organization needed moving forward. So, you know, after being reached out to actually by a number of our members expressing their encouragement for me to move forward, I really realized that I would always regret it if I didn't at least put my hat in the ring. So really, like I do everything else, it was really important to me to do it with high ethics and with integrity. So as soon as I made the decision, I not only let my predecessor know, but I let the chairman of our board, who was running the search committee at the time, know as well. I knew that I was going to be involved from a staff component in some of those conversations with the search firm and wanted to make sure that any conflicts of interest were disclosed immediately. Mm -hmm. 
So explained to him that, you know, I was going to apply. I wanted to be treated just like everybody else, but I wanted to make him aware of that. Also reiterated that I really wanted the organization to go with the best person for the organization and that, you know, I was not planning to leave if I was not selected. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing any games. I made it very, very clear and transparent that, you know, I'm here to support whoever the best person is for the role. But by the way, I think that person happens to be me. All right. So went through the process, which was really incredible going through a formal interview process like that with a high-level search committee. And, you know, candidly, after the first interview, I found that I really just knocked their socks off, that people who knew me well and respected me well had never seen me operating on that level because I did a great job as a number two, you know, supporting my number one, supporting their vision and really furthering that ahead. But, you know, this gave me the opportunity to really show what the strengths of our organization were that I identified and what the gaps that I saw were and how I could advance that agenda ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll finish it off. You interviewed. They were impressed. Sure. So moved <laughs> along, you know, moved around to the second round and finally to the offer. So was selected and moved into this role June 2014. So now I've just hit a little over my two-year anniversary in the role, which is a pretty big landmark in terms of running an organization. So it's been incredible that, you know, a lot of the things that were visions have become reality. My predecessor was phenomenal, did a great job. But when you have somebody who's in a role that long, obviously a new person is going to bring a new set of fresh eyes and a new perspective to the organization. And for us, you know, we're a chamber of commerce. So we are a membership organization of businesses with an interest in Arlington County specifically. And we help our members through networking and business development, community engagement, advocacy, and educational opportunities. And the two areas that I really identified where we needed to grow were advocacy and member engagement. So from an advocacy standpoint, we say we're the voice of the Arlington business community, but for years, that was a little bit of a softer voice. So mm-hmm. a lot of my efforts been, have been working with our local elected officials, drafting policy positions, and really getting that strong voice of business out. And our county manager actually told me a number of months ago that, you know, before I started for years, they wondered where the business community was. And he said, and here you finally are. So that was really reiterating the success of a lot of the things that we've been working towards. Oh, that's that's so good. Well, I want to kind of dissect a little bit of, of some of these components here a bit. So I don't want to be rude about your age, but on June 2014, <laughs> you were not yet 30, correct? You could say That's that? correct. Okay. I was 29. And perhaps more interestingly, my predecessor was 71. Oh, that is wild. And and so when it comes to chambers of commerce presidents, I don't know what kind of benchmarking mm-hmm. exists there. The average age of a uh, executive director or president is roughly what? I actually don't know that stat. ACCE would have that, the Association of Chambers of Commerce Executives. But I can tell you anecdotally that, you know, when I started in the role, we do a lot with other chambers throughout Virginia. And most of their president, CEOs, executive directors, we're we're older, white-haired gentlemen. And, you know, that (laughs) has really shifted a lot into the modern era as a lot of that generation is really looking to retire. Okay. I am definitely on the younger end of scope, especially for an organization of our size. All right. Understood. Get the get the context there. So big deal. Congratulations. That's cool. Well, thank we're we're thank proud you. of you. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and so so that's cool. And so in the story, I thought there were a couple things that struck me. And I thought were pretty interesting. And one was well, well, just like your sheer level of commitment and openness and honesty. There, you said, "Hey, I'm now applying for this role." And I don't treat me any differently. I want to know what kind of things we need to do to cooperate with the executive search people appropriately and ethically. And I believe that I am the best. So I think that's pretty cool. And I imagine that's probably a theme that you 
had throughout your career and that you were quite committed, dedicated, and honest and candid about where things stand with things. Absolutely. So again, the ethics and the morals are incredibly important to me and I think are paramount to anybody who's going to be highly successful. I'd also say, especially in this day and age, loyalty goes a long way, that there's a lot of people who are constantly looking to hop from one organization to another for another you know, 5K salary bump or a slightly snazzier title. But someone who truly cares about the organization is looking to grow there and is looking to grow the organization with them will go a long way. I hear you. And and from that, it seems like you were proactively thinking strategic thoughts about what the chamber as a whole needed to do before it was really technically your job to be thinking of these strategic thoughts. Absolutely. And you were kind of proactively offering them, sharing them, and taking on additional responsibilities proactively along the way? Definitely. But it's about being deferential as well. So, you know, in an organization like mine, a smaller nonprofit organization, sure, I was working with and interacting with the board and sharing ideas as appropriate, but I would never circumvent my predecessor who was my supervisor, that it was about, you know, bringing things to him and when possible, giving him credit for them as well. Mm, That's good. Okay. And so... Do you think there was any level of, we can't hire her, she's too young, <laughs> going on? I'm sure on. it was something that was discussed. Again, when I say that a lot of the presidents of chambers are skewing younger, I mean, 40s and 50s might perhaps be younger. And I think the fact that I hadn't hit that 30 benchmark was a little surprising to some people for somebody in my role. Um, that being said, you know, Arlington's a huge tech hub. We're building our own tech culture here where the millennials are really being valued. So in some ways, you know, that could be spun as an asset as well. But I think, you know, the years of experience and not having, you know, a ton of outside business experience, I'm sure work of concern to some people going into it. Mm-hmm. And I'd also say, this is something I just know about you personally, is that you, you hustle. You put some <laughs> extra time, effort, energy, commitment into the role kind of above and beyond the nine to five. Could you maybe comment a little bit about what it takes and and how you kind of stay sane and keep your life somewhat in order while maintaining a high level of commitment? Absolutely. So, I mean, I've always said no matter what the role was, whether it was a volunteer position or professional role, that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. That, you know, you really have to be all out for something. You have to care about it. You have to value it. That nothing's worth just half doing. Perfect. All right. So we got some patterns there associated with the the commitment associated with taking on additional responsibilities early and also being a kind of deferential associated with having some loyalty and really growing with uh, the organization. Are there any other kind of key principles or tactics you would say have been key in your sort of quick rise? Sure. I would say be that go-to person, so to speak, for your boss or the leader of your department that, you know, be that person that when an extra project comes up, you're the one offering to do it. You know, that's what's really going to be valued. You know, innovation and your own ideas are wonderful as well. But at the end of the day, you know, what your supervisor is coming to the group with and saying, hey, we've got a new program. Who's willing to take this on? Hey, here's a new client. Who's willing to handle this? You know, that really goes a long way. It's worked well for me and I've seen it work very well for a lot of my staff as well. Okay. You're saying yes to things. Absolutely. And being the one to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Lovely. 
I think you've got a, a particular expertise when it comes to the networking game. And so in many ways, that's what people associate with chambers of commerce in general. Oh, the place I go to when I need to network. And, Absolutely. But a key part of the story is that you've, you've made some good relationships and partnerships along the way. How do you think about making and nurturing these relationships? That's a great segue that, you know, I really think of networking as relationship building. That's the same thing we teach the businesses that are part of the chamber. You know, at the end of the day, people do business with people. And even beyond that, people do business with people who they like and people who they trust. When you think about all sorts of industries, whether you're a real estate agent or a banker, you know, if people know 10 different people that do the same thing they do, but you have that level of rapport with them, they're, you're the person who they're going to think about right away when they have a need. And it's also about you know building those contacts who can be those referral sources for them, that the worst thing you can do is think to yourself, oh, this person's not going to buy my product or service, so you know I don't need to worry about them. But you know at the end of the day, that person might know five or 10 people who you would be a great fit for, and they could be that go-to person for them. You know, In terms of general networking tips. Obviously, follow-up is key. We like to laugh around here at the chamber that networking contacts have the shelf life of about a banana, about three to four days, and it starts to go a little bad. (laughs) So make sure you're emailing people after that, calling them, whatever your follow-up is. You know, don't wait six months, then reach out to them. They won't remember who you are. Also, you know, when attending networking events, don't be, you know, that guy or that, that gal, so to speak, who's just walking around the room, shoving your cards at people, you know, and then leaving. You know, the goal is not to collect the maximum number number of business cards. The goal is to form those quality connections. Mm, Very good. Another key tip would be to have a clear ask when you're networking, whether you're networking, you know, in a business development role or whether you're, you know, networking at a large function within your company, making sure that you have a clear ask for people. That way people will know, you know, what they can do to help you and might know someone who would be a good referral for you as well. I like your point in particular about, you know, even if it's not someone you need in your world, it's still worthwhile cultivating that relationship because someone else can need that. And then, and then that's great news. I have a friend who's a lawyer and it's so funny. It didn't even occur to me. I didn't want to like harass him by always asking him for a lawyer recommendation for a friend who needed a lawyer on in, in this subject or you know, mm-hmm. copyright or trademark or medical malpractice or whatever. Sure. Until he made it clear to me, he says, Oh no, I love being able to give lawyer recommendations because then those lawyers want to recommend me to their people. Absolutely. Well, there can be a lot of value in it depending on your profession. You know, attorneys are a great example of being able to collect a group of trusted people. So it's not just about what you might need, but it's what about what your clients might need as well. So if you're an attorney, but you know a really good CPA to refer people to, then you're showing that you care more about them and their business and their role rather than just whatever service you're providing them. Oh, that's fun. I had heard a tale. I don't know if it's a legend, but it's probably true. (laughs) <laughs> that there was a financial planner person, and there's a job that mm-hmm. you could probably surface about anybody. Most people need some kind of investments going on or insurance who just took this advice in spades and decided, I'm going to collect and create the master contact list of people who are great at everything. So mm-hmm. lawyers, dentists, doctors, like CPAs, anybody who is just outstanding in that city, in the area, he'd say, hey, I want to get to know you. 
because I want to be able to share what you do with other people. And so sure enough, he collected this list of like a hundred, you know, rock star professionals in his city. And go figure, he was the man with the answers anytime anybody wanted to be introduced to anyone. And that sure came in handy for his business as well. So ironically, I think there's a good chance you're talking about Derek Coburn, who's the founder of the Cadre Group in D.C., who we recently had speak at a chamber event, who wrote the Amazon bestseller Networking 3.0, Networking is Not Working. Okay. So I actually (laughs) know, Derek, that perhaps he could be a good future podcast guest for you. I'd be happy to make the intro. Oh, we appreciate that. Look at that. We're people helping people right now. Absolutely. (laughs) We talked about some uh, particular moments or tactics and strategies Mm -hmm. you've used to kind of grow in your responsibilities. Are there any kind of additional things that you're thinking as you're pondering career over the long term and and growing that? uh, What should folks keep in mind? Sure. Well, I would encourage people to be your own champion. I'd say, especially for your female listeners, that can be something that's challenging that, you know, it's wonderful to have mentors. I'd encourage that actually separately as well, have mentors and be mentors. But I find that especially working with a number of women, often they're so focused on mentor everyone else and bring them along and finding opportunities for them that they often aren't champions for themselves. So making sure that you're taking the time to identify, you know, what is the next step in your career and who are the people that can help you get there as well. Mm, lovely. Okay. Well, anything else you want to make sure you put out there before we shift gears into the fast faves? Sure. I'd say to, again, I think we talked about this a little bit, but to realize the value of small and mid-sized organizations when you're looking for a place to grow your career, you know, a smaller organization can be a really great place to hone your skills, to take on more responsibilities, work your way up to a higher title, and to really build your rapport. I have recommended to many a career coaching client, check out the Inc. 500 list and you'd be surprised how desperately they need somebody but haven't even had time to post the position yet. Let's talk about some of your favorite things. Okay. Can you start us off by saying what's a favorite quote, something that inspires you? So I'm really not a quote person, so I'm going to do my favorite philosophy. Okay. So it's Simon Sinek, start with why, that the whole idea of the circles with the why in the center of the circle and then the how and the what, that that's something that I think just cannot be valued enough, that no matter what you're doing, think about the why, whether it's for you personally or for your organization. That's actually something that I've implemented with our organization when we have our staff meetings. We all go around the room and give a member impact moment. It's not something great that happened for the chamber, but it's something that happened to one of our members as a result of the chamber. So it might be an issue they had with county permitting got resolved because of us, or they may have landed a huge client through the chamber. But going around and doing that sort of exercise really helps people stay focused and think about, you know, what they're doing and why they're doing it. You know, I think that especially working with the millennial generation, the why is incredibly important. When we work with interns and onboarding students in our office as well, that's a huge thing that I make sure the staff does is when you're giving them a project, no matter how menial, explain the context to them that explain, you know, okay, you might be doing this update to the database, but here's why and here's the impact that that's going to have. (laughs) done. And a favorite book. <laughs> uh, I really like The Everything Store, which is the Jeff Bezos and the Age of Amazon written by Breadstone. Oh, thank it's you. a really incredible story about Amazon, how they got to be where they are and potentially where they'd be going in the future. And a favorite habit, something that's really boosted your personal effectiveness. To-do lists. It's a classic and it's a cliche, but being able to write your to-do list and doing it at the end of the day instead of at the beginning of the day. So then when you go in, your energy is fresh. You can just hit the ground running. So you're saying the tomorrow's to-do list is done the prior day is what you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And when you do all your speaking and, and chatting and, and working with folks, is there a particular nugget that you share that seems to get people nodding their heads and, and taking notes all the more? Any uh, Kate specials? In the leadership realm, it's again, be your own champion that makes sure that you know what you're looking for and be the advocate for yourself. And also starting early that, you know, realizing the values of internships and opportunities like that to grow your career and grow your experiences as well. I'd also say, you know, find mentors and champions, both within your organization and outside of your organization. Oh, very cool. And what would you say is the best way to find you or the chamber if folks want to learn more, engage? Sure. So I can be reached at president at arlingtonchamber.org. Our website's www.arlingtonchamber.org. Or I can be reached on LinkedIn at www.linkedin.com slash in slash K-A-T-E-D-B-A-T-E-S. Excellent. And do you have a final challenge or call to action that you'd issue forth to those seeking to be more awesome at their jobs? I'd say anytime you go to a presentation or listen to a podcast like this, try to take away one item to actually implement. You can be inundated with great professional development resources and you can make those lists of all the things that you'd love to do and start getting going on, but it can be hard to work that into your life. So I'd say always try to find one takeaway that's a tangible that you can actually make sure you do. Mm. Perfect. Thank you. Well, Kate, this has been so much fun. I wish you tons of luck and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Great. Thanks, Pete. Okay. Well, I hope you found some inspiration there. Maybe you too will find yourself becoming president or CEO at a young age or an accelerated rate. And again, if you want to check out the show notes, the transcripts, the links to things mentioned, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep53. And I hope you stay plugged in and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss from cool guests like our next one. Mr. G. Richard Shell, he is over at Wharton at the University of Pennsylvania. He's talking about your personal search for success and meaning and how your career ties into that. So you don't want to miss the wisdom from this one. Until then, peace out. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. 